Whether your marketing is in a rut or you think it's going great, you're probably missing out on opportunities to gain new leads. To do that, you must go into the unknown. That's on tap for today. I'm Chris Manley. This is the Ingenious Podcast. Welcome to the Ingenious Podcast. Good to have you along with us. I'm Chris Manley, and I'm joined today by TJ DeLucia, the COO of Ingenious and a lifelong marketer. Welcome, TJ. Hey, Chris. Good to be back on. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit today about experimentation in marketing. But before we get into that, I, I want to just kind of recap. And we talked about this in a prior podcast of how many different ways are there to do marketing? Yeah, I think in the previous episode, we sort of talked about that there were multiple ways, both from an inbound and outbound kind of strategy. There are t- several different types of channels and platforms that you can do in marketing. And I think that what we established was, is if you take that and then all of the different types of software and ways that you can extrapolate that data and turn it into something that you can use, there were over uh, 150,000 different types of marketing that you could do. And that's on the very conservative side. So the opportunity in marketing is absolutely endless. Yeah. And so there, there are tons of ways to do it. And, and I mean, any business is pretty much guaranteed to have ways to market that are different from how they're marketing right this minute. Absolutely. So one of the things that I, I've, I've talked about for a long time, and those who know me well you know, have probably heard me talk about this before. I, I don't want to go too much back to grade school, but it's almost like you have to do this. Like, you know, let's go back to, you know, I, I can't remember what grade it was that we learned this. But, you know, there's, there's a thing that you learned in grade school called the scientific method. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things, too, Chris, that when you go back and think about the things that are from grade school, we go, oh, well, that might, might be just too simple from a business standpoint. But there's some great things that we learned in grade school that absolutely should apply. Yeah. And I mean, and you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be a, well, I mean, we are marketing scientists, but I mean, you, you don't have to be a chemist or a, a geologist or something like that to, to really use the scientific method. You can apply it to all kinds of different things. Yeah. I think that it's a great way to attack problems, not only in science, but in a lot of things in life. You can use the scientific method to create new experiences and to create better marketing. Yeah. So just to kind of go through, I mean, I, you know, if we open up a, a science textbook from, I don't know, third grade and we just kind of walk through the the technical seven steps of the scientific method, you know, it starts with ask a question. You know, I mean, it, this is literally what you would put on your test when you, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you know, you know, you're, you're Reeboks in, in, in third grade and you're trying to remember like, OK, what's that first step? You ask a question first. And think about how often businesses don't actually ask the question first when they're thinking of their marketing. Like, yeah. hey, maybe how are people perceiving us or asking that question just to get a better understanding of where maybe their customers or clientele are coming from? Yeah, they they forget that first step, which is hugely important because if you're going to answer something, well, you have to have the question to begin with. So the next step is perform research. That's step number two. You actually have to do some research behind the question. And so if you ask a question about why is the sky blue? Well, the next step is to do a little bit of research to understand why that may be the case. Right. And we have so many research opportunities at our fingertips at every moment of the day. I mean, the phone in your pocket can give you answers that you never dreamed you could ever have when we were back in grade school. I remember card catalogs. We were almost pre-internet, not completely. But yeah, I think that that research should only back up your initial hypothesis. Chris, with the research piece, one of the things that I think people usually say in this type of scientific method portion of nowadays is that you can always find something to back up what you have to say. Um, How do you go through that research piece and know or find valid types of 
data in order to back up, I guess, your initial question. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the importance of really understanding the question first. And, and we'll get into, you know, we're going to go through the, the scientific method and you're just going to get into, you know, what is our simplified version of the scientific method for marketing, right? you know, and, and get into that. But I mean, you got to know your audience. You got to mm-hmm. know who you're talking to and, you know, all the data that's online. There's an unlimited amount of data that's online that you can find about marketing stuff. You know, you, you got to figure out, is this relevant to my audience? You right. know, is you know, if you, if you read a, a, a case study about marketing that, you know, Colgate Palmolive did some ad campaign and it worked. Well, you have to ask yourself, OK, is there is their user audience, is their customer audience the same as mine? And if it is, then that may be a good piece of research to use. If it's not, I don't know. You, you may want to discount that a little bit more and move on to something else. Right. I think that, that research can also be determined by do you, does your audience find it valid versus maybe what your validity towards it might be. So step number three of the scientific method, it's probably my favorite one, is is called the hypothesis. Mm-hmm. It's forming an educated guess. Now, now I, I really want to make sure I put emphasis on that. It is an educated guess. It's not just a guess out of thin air. It's not just a, a hunch. It's you actually form the guess based on the research that you've done. So, you know, the more experience you have, the better the guesser you're probably going to be here. But you form that hypothesis. Yeah, I think the hypothesis is where marketers love to live. The point of making sure that it's educated is very, very heavily important because you are, you're really speaking to a marketer, you know, two different types of marketers here. One that wants to take the hypothesis of, I bet if we do X, maybe Y will happen versus I've seen X and Y happened. Uh, I think that those are two different types of hypothesis. Yeah. And so step number four, favorite step. I don't know. I still like the hypothesis one, but this is when you actually get to go out and do something with it. It's the middle of the scientific method. You test the hypothesis by conducting an experiment. This is where you take your hypothesis of whatever the marketing is going to be and you throw it out there into the world. The results can be all over the place. Yeah. I mean, experiment is an experiment, right? You're, you're really taking that educated guess and finding out how valid your guess was. And I think that the best part of that is that you can take that experiment and you can continue to refine it, which I know that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. And, and so step number five, you make an observation based on the test. While the test is going on, you make an observation of what actually happened. If you're in marketing, that's you're recording how people are using the thing you put out there. When you put it out there. And so if you, if you're doing a, you know, test with AdWords, well, it's collecting the data from the AdWords and actually having that at your fingertips, which leads us perfectly into the step six, which is analyze the results and draw a conclusion. That's when you're actually taking all that data and you're reading through all of it and trying to figure out, okay, what actually happened. And then of course that gets us to the final step in the scientific method, which is present the findings. This is when you, you know, you analyze the data and you're presenting it forward and you're saying, okay, we started this, with this question. Here's the hypothesis of how we'd answer that question. We did the test. Here's the result. Here are the findings that we had out of this. Yeah, I think that the findings are always interesting because I think that's where you really find out if your question was a good question even to ask in the, the beginning. And I think the most important part of that is actually report your findings. Don't try to spin your findings to be what you wanted them to be. I think as marketers, we tend to want to show and explain to others how we are benefiting the organization. And sometimes when we get to those findings, maybe the experiment completely flopped. Maybe this wasn't a very well-educated guess. Maybe something happened that just changed your findings. But I think the important part of that is actually present the true findings so that you can get better next time. Again, that's the textbook seven steps of the scientific method. Now, I, I like to simplify this. Now, you know, it, for all the scientists out there, you know, please don't come and, and send me emails about how I've 
completely picked apart the scientific method and, and taken this sacrosanct thing and ripped it apart. But I, I feel like there is a need for simplicity when you're in marketing because you're running in a lot of different directions. You got a lot going on. And so I, I've tried to kind of boil this down to in marketing, kind of what are the four steps you want to do? You know, take those seven. And let's let's see if we can kind of boil it down to four. And again, I, I think we cover a lot of the bases here. You know, the, the first step here is identify your audience and research it well. Understand who you're trying to talk to and, and, you know, I mean, you can do the fancy buyer personas or you could just write a little summary. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, overly fancy, but understand your audience and, and really get to know them. That's the research that you got to do. I think that's really important what you said about simplifying it, Chris. I think a lot of times we think of buyer personas and they have to be deep dive into the mind of somebody to determine exactly how they're going to think and what they're going to think. And I think that the important part of that identifying that person is so you actually know who you're talking to. It doesn't need to be 17 pages of a dossier of what kind of dog they'd walk and where they would, uh, <laughs> I guess, decide to get a soda from. Like, I, I think it just needs to be who is this person and how do we reach them best? Yeah, absolutely. So take that first step, identify your audience and research it well. Next step is our hypothesis. Again, educated guess. It's not just out of thin air. It's based on understanding your audience and really knowing them. You form this educated guess. And then next step, you experiment, you run the test, you do the thing, you, you put your hypothesis to work, see what you're going to get out of it. Of course, you've got to you, you've got to be measuring stuff as you're going along. And then step four, last but not least, analyze, report and form new hypotheses. Again, you don't you may not need to all go all the way back and research your audience again. You always need to be researching your audience. That needs to be a constant thing that you're doing in your organization. But as soon as you get done with step four, you form those new hypotheses based on what you learn and you go back to step two. And this mm -hmm. whole process, I mean, you know, I, I think about the experiments that we did in, in particularly in high school, you know, I mean, you, you have that, that limited window. I mean, you know, where I went to high school, I mean, we had what, seven classes in a day. And so, you know, you only had a, a set period of time where, you know, you, you could actually be in class to run an experiment and you had like 47 minutes or whatever it was. And, and so you didn't have a whole lot of time. Like this, this doesn't have to take forever right. in marketing, you know, that 47 minutes in class, it might, it might, you know, be a month. It right. might be six weeks, but you don't have to run this hypothesis for a whole year to start to get some data to, to pull out of it, to really analyze and report on and then form new hypotheses that you can adjust and you can go go after. Yeah. And I, I think that also lets you change what the experiment is. It lets you try different channels, lets you try different things. Even if you're going after the same audience, you can take that data and go, okay, we ran this for six weeks. We saw zero. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes you run an experiment and you see nothing out of it. We still want to talk to this person. What is our next best guess on where they might be and how they can see our message in a great way? Oh, yeah. So the next part we're going to get to is probably the most critical of all. And we'll get to that in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to the Ingenious Podcast. We are a digital marketing agency helping clients connect with customers and develop business through strategic web design and tailored digital marketing services. Every business is unique, so we listen first to prescribe online marketing solutions developed for businesses. For proof of how we can improve your online presence and for more information on Ingenious, visit wepoweryourbusiness.com. And we're back. So... The most critical piece of all of this that, that I, I get most excited about, but I feel like so many organizations, they, they, they stop at some point is you've got to keep doing it. Right. Rinse, repeat. Yeah. You know I mean, just keep going, keep going, keep going. So, so many companies fail to actually get there because they stop testing. They stop experimenting at some point. Well, and I think a lot of times that happens because they have found maybe something that does 
work at a low level of, Hey, if we keep doing billboards, we'll use billboards as an example. If we keep doing billboards, we're going to continue to see X amount. I don't know exactly how many people are coming from the billboards, but we started doing billboards and people came in. And I think that a lot of that rinse and repeat is, are you still pushing your marketing forward? Are you still trying to see new, better, more innovative ways, still proven, you want to go proven ways to bring new people into the door. And I, I feel a lot of times with the rinse and repeat piece of this, it, it gets taxing. Sometimes it gets okay. taxing from the manager seat. Sometimes it gets taxing from the marketing seat of, Hey, look, this works. We know this works. We're spending here. We're doing what we've, what you've asked us to do. We're seeing the numbers. Why do we need to go back to the drawing board and continue to find a new way to get the audience? And I think that that's where managers and marketers need to make sure that they're having a good conversation because you need to be able to figure out what's the next place that these people are going to be. They're not going to always be in the same channel over and over again. If you're not in a few other places, you're going to start getting lost. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I feel like that's, that's one of the big takeaways from this is when, when I say you got to keep going, it's not just that you have to keep experimenting with new stuff. You've also got to be experimenting with your existing mm-hmm. stuff. You still have to run that scientific process. I, I often think about this and I, I get a little bit frustrated over it at times, but you know, when, when my parents were growing up, I don't think they knew that Pluto even existed. <laughs> You know, and then of course, when, when we were in school, which may age us, you know, a little bit, but Pluto was a planet. Right. You know, we, we had a solar system. It had, you know, nine planets, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything else. And now my kids are in school and they're like, wait, you know, it, it's eight planets. Right. And I'm like, well, no, 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 there's and Pluto. But apparently somebody somewhere did, you know, the, the scientific method right. and determined that Pluto's not actually a planet. Doesn't so, fit the description anymore. You know, the, the thing that used to work may not still work. You know, you, that's why you have to keep testing that hypothesis. You have a, a really good educated guess that those billboards work. Right. But do they still work? Yeah. You know, I mean they may, they may not. But if you're not continuously looking at those results and kind of running it just like an experiment, you don't know. Right. Same with I think what you know in our space we have Google ads. And I think a lot of companies have been starting to run those for for their marketing needs. And they've been running the same ones for a while. And they know that those Google ads are going to get them X amount of people to to put their information in and get it as a lead. What if you just change the color? What would happen? Do we know? It might go down. It might go up. What if we change the message? It might go down. It might go up. Are you pushing enough to see if it's working or not? Or are you just okay with the status quo? And I think that's where that rinse and repeat has to be a constant battle of, I know it's working. It's I'm so grateful and thankful that it's working. Is it, can it do something more? And, and that's, again, all in the goal of figuring out what works. You want to figure out what's actually going to, you know, as I call it, turn the dial. You know, you've got these radio dials of your different marketing channels that can bring in leads. You want to be able to just, you know, just like a volume dial in your car, you know, you want to be able to turn those, right. um, you know, as much as you want to up. You, you can turn them down if you need to in certain seasons and stuff like that. You know, are you finding out those things? And then when you do, you want to take that stuff that works and put it into your library of stuff that works. Right. You know, then keep on experimenting, try new stuff. Also keep running that scientific method with the stuff that you're already doing. Yeah, I think that those dials are important. I also feel that with those dials, you know, everything's constantly evolving and changing. Are you are you changing and evolving with it? To your point, Pluto is no longer a planet. Math is not done the way that I remember math being done. Still get to the same endpoint of that this is named, this used to be named Pluto, and it is still a rock that is out there outside of our, in our solar system, or this, you know, math still gets to an end number and I got there a different way. But if you're not keeping up with how those different tactics are to get people back to that, to your company, I think you're missing out. 
Absolutely. And so one of the questions that I get every once in a while is, you know, just how much experimentation is enough? I right. mean, you know, how much do you do you need to be doing? I mean, obviously, we just kind of said any marketing that you're doing, you should be running through this process. But for the stuff that you feel is, is a little bit more out there, you right. know, it is, you know, it, it's you, you feel less you, you don't feel too confident in the educated guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 50 percent chance this going to work. 50 percent chance it's going to fail. You know, maybe even worse than that. How much of that kind of stuff should you be doing? And, and honestly, it depends on kind of your company and not, right. not even the size of your company. It depends more on the maturity of your marketing efforts. Have you been doing this? Yeah, I think it can be maturity of your marketing efforts. It can be level of your brand. I mean, you think about Absolutely. the really big, big guys like Coca-Cola and Nike. They're experimenting every minute of every day. I mean, I mean they're experimenting to the point where nobody knows if it's going to work. But what I would argue with that is Nike and Coke are massive and they are still growing at a massive clip and they're being able to use that experimentation to leverage more into their brand. So I think it proves that at at a minimal level, you need to be experimenting somewhere where it feels a little bit uncomfortable. A lot of experts that I've, I've asked this question to and looked at me, you know, they'll, they'll say a minimum level you should be doing kind of, you know, behind this guy kind of experimentation is at least 10% of your marketing budget. I mean, if you're not even doing that, at least take that baby step and start doing at least some of it. Right. But I, I think it's also a measure of how much do you really want to grow? Your level of growth is going to directly determine how much experimental marketing you, you want to do because you're trying to find new sources of lead generation. Mm-hmm. You're actively trying to find those in order f- to facilitate that growth. Right. Well, and I think experimentation is in a big nebulous word. I mean, something that can be experimental to your company may be old hat to another company. So if you've never dabbled in search engine optimization before, that might seem like a new experimental thing. Put 10% of your budget to that. See how it goes. See, Get advice on if it's a good fit for your brand. See how you can innovate within that space. I think that we get lost in experimentation needs to be some super creative, out-of-the-box type of thing. Experimenting in your marketing could be something as simple as another tried-and-true channel that other companies have utilized. Absolutely. So the key point in all this is that you need to be experimenting. It can feel crazy as a leader in your company to spend money and resources on something totally unproven, something totally unknown. You just have to do it to explore new channels of getting leads. That is, if your goal is actually to grow. So do the scientific method, take those educated guesses, then test those guesses, actually do the experiment, measure what happens, study the outcome, and then do it again and again and again. I'm Chris Manley, and this has been the Ingenious Podcast. Our production team includes TJ DeLucia, Anna Beam, Samantha Wagner, and yours truly. Our theme music was composed by Joseph McDade. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back next time.